So today we're going to discuss common thinking errors or distortions. Remember, what works for someone might not work for someone else, so you do it your way. And also, I got these from my yellow book, which is about depression, but it is also about feeling good, whether you have depression or not. So really, these are for anyone and everyone. But if you know someone with depression or anxiety, try to remember their minds are twisting reality and they have to sort it all out. So be patient. I mean, really, we could have that compassion and patience for everyone and it would be better for us and them. I know that what I'm going to present today may sound like a lot of work, and sometimes it is, but it is work that is 100% worth every effort you can give it. And it is something that becomes easier as you go. Also, if you don't feel like you're in a place to do this work, First, go listen to my last episode, The Pit of Despair. That episode is all about getting on level ground, getting to a place where you can do this work and put in this effort. So the following are the most common thinking errors. Once we know them, we can better spot them when they're happening in our brain. Also, labeling them gives us a list of specific things we can check our thoughts with to see if they're distorted or not. I'll share the list and then quickly discuss them. I will also post a picture of the list with this podcast so you can come back and glance at it whenever you need. Okay, so here's the list. All or nothing thinking, overgeneralization, mental filter, disqualifying the positive, jumping to conclusions, magnification or minimization, emotional reasoning, should statements, labeling and mislabeling, and personalization. Now, some of those titles seem obvious, and others might not mean anything to you yet. And also some of them will overlap. Some of them happen more than one at a time. But let's discuss each of them and then really get an understanding of what they are. All or nothing thinking. This is where you see things in black or white. If your performance falls short of perfect, you see yourself as a total failure. These thoughts sound like, I lost it on my kids, I'm a horrible mother, or I broke my diet, I'm a failure. This distortion causes you to fear any mistake or imperfection because you will then see yourself as a complete loser and you will feel inadequate and worthless. I was just discussing this with some family members. How is it that when we see a child make a mistake, we tell them it was just a mistake and we know that it is not who they are, but then we turn around and make a mistake and we don't apply that to ourselves. The child will see and learn how we treat ourselves from how we treat ourselves way more than from what we say. So what is the distortion? It is the absolute. Absolutes don't exist in this world. We are imperfect people living in an imperfect world. If you try to force your experience into absolutes, your perceptions will not match reality. Okay, next, overgeneralization. This is where you take one negative thing and assume it will happen over and over forever. This one is tricky because many of us use the words never or always in our vocabulary and we say, oh, we don't actually mean 100% never or 100% always. If questioned, most of us would say, well, yeah, not always, but a lot. So here's another seemingly small word that might be playing into our distortions. Use of the words always or never aren't bad unless they are. I mean, they aren't bad unless you use them negatively and believe them. These thoughts sound like, mm, let's say you didn't get invited to a party, and so you say or think, I never get invited, or I'm always left out. 
Really? You've never been invited? Ever? I highly doubt that. Or, my spouse never does blank, helps with the kids, cooks dinner, helps clean, whatever it is. Is that even true? I bet a more accurate statement would be, my spouse doesn't do blank as often as I would like. Thinking it that way takes a lot of the power away from it. Like I said, these take some work at the beginning to work through, but when we think healthily, we live healthily. So it is worth it. Always. See what I did there? Mental filter. This is the next distortion. It looks like the opposite of wearing rose-colored glasses. Your brain filters out anything positive, leaving you to wallow in the negative. The negative you are focusing on can stem from an actual negative event, but then your brain takes it and any other negative thing it can find and leaves out all the positive. This, I believe, happens to most people who suffer with depression at some point in their depression cycle and with varying degrees. And this is why those who have never suffered with depression say or think, you can choose to be happy because you're just focusing on the negative. So choose to focus on the positive and you'll be happy. That statement is partially true. We always have choice. But this is not simply looking at the glass half empty or half full. A person without these cognitive distortions will look at the glass and decide which it is. A person suffering from depression won't even care if the glass is half empty or half full because they'll be too worried thinking about how their glass is dirty, the water is gross, and they never have enough, etc. I'm saying their whole picture is negative. When you find yourself with these negative filter glasses on, try to find one thing that is positive because there are always positive things. Concentrate on it, talk about it, write about it, show gratitude for it. It can be simple or profound. If you are a self-aware person, as soon as you realize you are using this filter, just knowing you are will help you start to see clearly. Then build one positive thing after the next. It also helps to pinpoint the negative event and write it down to see what the distortions are that are giving it more power than it has. The next one, disqualifying the positive, often goes hand in hand with the mental filter. This is where you reject positive experiences, insisting they don't count for some reason or another. A lot of us do this when we receive compliments. We say things like, they're just being nice, or they don't know the real me. When we do this, we mentally disqualify their compliment. How do you accept compliments? Keep an eye out for that. Do you discredit them with your response? Dr. Burns says this is one of the most destructive forms of cognitive distortion. At the base of this distortion is the thought, I am second rate or I suck. I wrote a note to my son the other day and told him about how amazing he is. Then I said, remember, you believe what you tell yourself more than what anyone else tells you. And you guys, I believe that that is true. So listen for how you accept the compliments and also listen for what you are telling yourself about you. Try to tell yourself one positive thing about you every day. If you can't think of anything, then ask close friends or family to write down some things and tell those to yourself until you believe them. The next cognitive distortion is jumping to conclusions. This is where you jump right to a negative conclusion that is not justified by the facts of the situation. The two big examples here are mind reading, when you decide what someone thinks about you and believe it without actually finding out, and fortune telling. 
Mind reading thoughts will often have the word think, like she thinks I'm a loser or he thinks I don't ever do anything. A common way this occurs is when people hear what they want or they hear what they themselves think and not what was said. My kids do this a lot. I ask them, where did you get that? And they begin to defend themselves. I didn't take it. Uh, yeah, I didn't say you did. That one seems obvious. But what about us adults? Someone is surprised we didn't know something. We think that person thinks I'm stupid. Or a friend doesn't return our call or text and we think they are mad at me or they don't like me. Again, we assume we know what they think. There are tons of ways that we do that. Luckily, the antidote is also easy. When we hear ourselves think or say, blank thinks this about me, we ask ourselves, did they tell me they thought that? No, bam. If we want to really get rid of the thought and that alone doesn't work, we go to the person and ask. Fortune telling is where we decide the outcome of any event is going to be negative for us, even when the facts don't support that, as if we had a crystal ball that foretold only misery for us. Lots of times we do this to avoid any disappointment that would be caused by the negative thing happening. But we instead live in that disappointment and block ourselves from any positive that could happen. Here, we need to recognize the conclusion that we are making and allow ourselves to admit that we don't actually know the outcome. Okay, so next is magnification or minimization. This can also be called the binocular trick. This looks like exaggerating the importance of things, like your own goof up or someone else's achievements. It's great to see others' accomplishments and to see your own mistakes, but when you make them appear bigger than they are, it can hurt you emotionally. On the flip side is minimization. You shrink your own positive qualities. This distortion often has both at the same time really distorting your view. As in, you magnify your negative while minimizing everyone else's negative or magnifying everyone else's positive while minimizing your positive. Either way leads to other distortions about your worth. A good way to see if you are doing this is to check what you are thinking about yourself with a few trusted people. Now, they need to be someone you feel will tell you the truth and not just what you want to hear. That way, you will trust their answer and you don't discredit it. All right, number seven, emotional reasoning. This is where you take your emotions as evidence of truth. I feel it, so it must be true. This sounds like I feel inadequate, so that means I must be a worthless person. Or I'm mad at you, so that proves you've been acting like a jerk. Dr. Burns says emotional reasoning plays a role in nearly all of your depressions. Because things feel so negative to you, you assume they really are. So to fight this distortion, you have to question the validity of your emotions. Are they based on accurate perceptions? Doing this helps in two ways. If you can see the perception that caused your emotion is not valid, then you don't believe the emotion as truth and it lessens the power of that emotion. For example, let's say a friend or family member says something that offends me or hurts my feelings. I'm offended, therefore, that person was being rude and doesn't like me. Okay, then I look at it and say, is that accurate? Well, I know my friend likes me and I know they wouldn't intentionally hurt my feelings. They aren't a rude person. So now I no longer believe that they were being rude to me and then my emotional pain is lessened by knowing that they didn't mean to do it. 
It doesn't take all of the hurt away, but it definitely does help. The next one we've talked about in depth already, should statements. This is where you try to motivate yourself using should and shouldn't. The emotional consequence to this is guilt. When you direct these should statements towards others, they only cause anger, frustration, and resentment. To combat these statements, whenever you find yourself using should, see if it would feel better to replace it with it would be better if or I wish and replace shouldn't with I, it would have been nice if. Okay, now labeling and mislabeling. This is where instead of describing your error or someone else's, you attach a negative label to yourself or someone else. This sounds like I'm a loser after making a mistake, or he's a jerk after someone isn't nice to you, or you mess up on a project and you think I am stupid. Here's the thing about labels. Do you call yourself an eater because you eat or a breather because you breathe? That is definitely not exclusively who you are. To think so would be silly. Dr. Burns says, yourself cannot be equated with any one thing you do. Your life is a complex, ever-changing flow of thoughts, emotions, and actions. I discussed the words I am before. They are powerful and your mind will believe them. So when you find yourself doing this, work to separate the action or the event from yourself. And lastly, personalization. You see yourself as the cause of some negative event, which you were in fact not responsible for. This looks like someone who thinks they're the center of the world, but only for the negative things that happen. Like a group of friends go out and get charged extra or their, their order gets messed up and one of them says, oh, that's because of me. That kind of thing always happens to me. Or a less extreme is where you confuse influence with control. Dr. Burns says, in your role as a teacher, counselor, parent, physician, salesman, executive, you will certainly influence the people you interact with, but no one could possibly expect you to control them. What the other person does is ultimately his or her responsibility. He talks about how as a therapist, he knows he has to judge his work based off of his efforts and not the results. He has had patients recover from serious depression, learn to manage their depression, and live happy, healthy lives. He has also had patients take their own lives. He was not in control of any of these patients. He could only work hard, study hard, and give his best to each of them. They had to act. I think a lot of us as do this as parents. I know I do, and my kids haven't even reached adult life yet. You and I cannot control our kids. We cannot make them choose what we want. We can control ourselves. We can give our best and study how to help them and work hard at being their parent. So there they are. Those are the 10 distortions in short that Dr. Burns covers in his book. I will type up a chart, the one that he includes in his book with the names and the basic explanation. He says to go over them again and again until we know them like our own phone numbers. This way, it is easier to spot them. I know this episode was a bit longer than others and full of info. 
so feel free to listen to it a few times. Repetition can be helpful in absorbing and remembering all the information. I hope you refer to this list often. I hope you share it with friends and family and talk about it with them. And most importantly, I hope it helps you fight the distortions that are causing your depression or your negative feelings. Thank you for listening.